Hi, I'm Jeff, lead pastor of Northview Community Church in Abbotsford, British Columbia. And this podcast is where I get a chance to interview people about things that I'm interested in and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Welcome to another conversation with Jeff Bucknam. I am Levi, the producer. We have a bit of a special episode for you today in, in light of where we are at as a church. Jeff sat down for a conversation with Mark and Carolyn Birch for this one. Uh, Mark is the candidate we will be voting to affirm as our next lead pastor at our congregational meeting on June 22nd. Uh, So we wanted to use this episode to to hear from him and Carolyn about what this time of transition has been like and is like for them. Uh, We we had a longer meet-and-greet event with the Birches a few weeks ago where they introduced themselves on a more personal level and talked about their story uh, that you can find on our website at northview.org. But this conversation focuses more on the on the present and the future, as Jeff, Mark, and Carolyn talk about all kinds of stuff during this time of transition. We think it'll be a really good conversation for you to listen to in light of where we are at and where we are going as a church. Well, hello there. Uh, it is my distinct pleasure to have Mark and Carolyn Birch join me on this podcast so that we can talk to them about what in the world they're thinking about becoming part of the the, the long litany of great names uh, yeah. that have led Northview Community Church. Did you know that there's only four or three, three full, like three full-time non-interim uh lead pastors in the history of Northview. Did you know that? Yeah, and I understand two of those were great names. Yes. The most recent (laughs) one, eh, not so much. Not sure about that guy. No. And you know, the funny thing is, I think you knew all three of them, didn't you? Can you name them? This is like naming the... Yes, the popes. uh, No, the uh, the prime ministers. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning. Which ones? Do you know them? Yeah. Well, there was a Merv Boschman back in the day, uh, in the early, early days of MEI. Yeah. And then there was a Vern Heidebrecht. Yes. Who, uh, you know, Jeff, you didn't know this trivia. I'm sure you didn't know this trivia. Do you know where Vern was from originally, way back when Vern was a little boy? No. You know this trivia? I don't know this. Where was he from? North Dakota. <gasps> you know what? I don't know anybody else in the world from North Dakota. Jeff, so do you know where Mark know. Birch was born? North Dakota? <gasps> I was born in North Dakota. Oh, my word. Vern and I shared a hospital room as newborns. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's all the strings are coming together. Yeah, all exactly. the strands of yeah. providence. And All right. So how should we feel about a North Dakotan uh, becoming the next lead pastor? Hey, uh, Mark, I have a series of questions. Carolyn, thank you very much for joining us on this, on this fine podcast. I appreciate that you've come along. She's been waiting all week for this. Why are you talking for her? She has her own voice. No, I'm going to, I'm going to let her talk in a few moments. I've given her a script of what she's allowed to say. (laughs) My word. Carolyn, how how are you? (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) That's good. Uh, I have a series of questions here. And from what I understand, you have a few questions that you'd like to ask me. Is that, is that right? 
Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with my questions for you, and then at the end, you can ask your questions for me. Uh, here's my first question. How angry are you, Mark, for me um, baiting and switching on you? Because as I recall, you uh, when, when we hired you a few years ago, you said, how long are you going to be there? And I was like, man, forever. Yes. And uh, apparently, I lied to you. Yeah, so. you're a liar. Yeah, you're a liar, which I'm not sure if you knew that... Uh, Lying is not uh, a good thing, Jeff. But there well, was I didn't lunch. know. Uh, the four of us, uh, Jeff and Jeannie, Mark and Carolyn, were sitting at uh, Broder's Bistro, <laughs> uh, which was a step up. The first time I had lunch with you, it was Old Spaghetti Factory. So Broder's was a step up. That was quite good. And over that lunch, I remember asking you, so Jeff, hey, how long are you thinking you're going to be here? Oh, another decade. Easily yeah. another decade. Yeah, that gave me great confidence in taking the assignment you were asking me to take. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I take my cues from uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry when it comes to time. Just two more weeks, Mark. (laughs) Just two more weeks. No, I'm I you know what? The Lord in his providence, similarly, actually, to the the whole pandemic, the Lord in his providence has uh, changed things. It shouldn't be a surprise to any of us. So you didn't have this planned? No, I I didn't. So it wasn't really a bait. It was intended that we were going to be here for a long, long time. But yeah, Lord does things differently sometimes. Yeah. So uh, what is the, I'm just both of you, I'm interested in knowing what is the best thing that you are coming into um, in terms of the leadership of Northview Community Church? Like this is basically an opportunity for both of you to praise me. Yes. For all the good work I've done up to this point. But that's okay, because right after this, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, what is the worst thing? So yeah, what is the best thing that you're going to come into? Uh, quite a long litany of praise for you here. And then I'll let my wife jump in too. So, hey, Jeff, I've said this publicly already in several settings. So I, I know that there's 22 people listen to this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So they probably have heard me say it elsewhere. But uh, I think uh, what I'm excited about and what we're coming into is an incredibly healthy church. So uh, in a like, a, a similar story, if you will, uh, 25 years ago, we were taking a call to go to Kelowna uh, and we inherited a very healthy church. Uh, the leaders who had gone ahead of us had left that church in a really great place. And it was a joy to just jump in and build on the shoulders of the guys who went ahead of us. And the Lord really blessed uh, that ministry. So while we didn't anticipate uh, pushing you out, took me two years to push you out, um, now that you're leaving uh, joyfully, uh, I look at this opportunity as much similar. We're inheriting a healthy church, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got a lot to do with that. I know it's not all on you, Jeff, uh, and you know that too. Uh, the Lord has used your leadership. Uh, one of the core values, strong, stable leadership mm-hmm. at Northview, and that's I, genuinely true. Uh, great staff team, a really strong bench of preachers, uh, good solid elders who are committed to the mission and the vision. Uh, yeah, just so many great things. Yeah, good team of people. That's actually true. Uh, Carolyn, what do you think? Best thing? Well, pretty much parallel with Mark. Um, the, I, a few months ago, was very impressed by, I was reading through the Gospels again, and um, lift up your eyes to the fields. The, they're white for harvest, and you're entering into the, the others' hard labor and um, we're going to reap basically what others have sown. And I felt at that time that God was uh, speaking directly to my heart as far as 
the the bigger vision of it that that others have gone before us and you'll reap what others have have labored so hard for yeah yeah you're really quite excited to get to know the new senior pastor as well aren't you isn't that a big part of things that you're looking forward to? Oh, yeah. She has a lot of confidence in him. I yeah. sure do. Um, yeah. So, okay, but now here's your chance. What, what, is, what is the worst thing that you're walking into? Be honest. Worst thing. Every church has got a wart. What's the wart? Yeah, you know what? Uh, so two things, Jeff, I would say, because there's, there's a ton. Uh, no, the, <laughs> honestly, I think not so much the church, this process in this timing Oh, yeah. And you've gone through it as well, although uh, the openings in the States are a little bit different. So as you were candidating, you actually got to meet with some real life people. Yeah. Uh, this process has been the most awkward candidating process because it's surreal. You're like, I'm sure there's a congregation represented Somewhere. out there in those Zoom calls and at the other end of that camera that we talked to, you know, on Northview TV. But you're trying to imagine, uh, you know, these nameless faces and going, okay, this is your flock that you're going to be shepherding. So that's been like really a weird, a weird process in and of itself. Uh, is there a negative? Uh, Jeff, you and I've talked about this. Uh, I think the challenges of the megachurch. Hmm. So the strengths of the megachurch are the incredible bandwidth and this, you know, as you talk about the giant engine the Lord has built here. So you've got great people, great resources. You can run great programs. Uh, you've got support for pretty well any venture you suggest. People are like, yes and amen. There's always a couple hundred people will jump on pretty well anything new. The downside of thousands of people is how do you shepherd thousands of people well? How do we make sure that uh, as much as is humanly uh, on the shoulders of the shepherds take responsibility for, you know, whatever the thousand number is that call Northview home? How do we know they're being cared for? So I think that's something I've been praying a lot about to say, Lord, help us. And it's not just Northview's challenge. It's any large church challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be no different for where you're going. I mean, you guys immediately step into a, a con you came here when Northview was smaller. It grew mm. with you. You're going to a church that's very similar size to Northview already. It will grow. How do you possibly serve thousands of people? With a lot of help. <laughs> yes. No, that's right. And the systems and the, you know, community groups and the, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's just harder. It's harder to do as a, in a large church than it is a small church. Small churches are known for their community life. And so, Developing yeah. that kind of community life at a place like Northview can be a bit daunting and challenging uh, because, you know, a big chunk of the people are just, they come for a few hours and then they go away, especially now. And now it'll be interesting to see also how I'm going to ask you a question in a minute about the effect of COVID on all this, but it'd be interesting to see what happens mm -hmm. uh, after COVID when it yeah. comes to that whole thing. Yep, yeah, for sure. Um, Carolyn, there's got to be a wart. A, no. a wart? A wart, yeah. Some people think warts are good, though, I guess. But what is the thing <laughs> that you are a little bit, eh, eh? I, I think that's, I, again, parallel with Mark, um, the heart uh, to love people and shepherd them and yet know that you can't possibly humanly as one person touch all of them. I felt that way in... Uh, Kelowna when the church was at its its height of if I could use the word population yeah but you know I I think on that side there's that side of my heart and then that then the truth side says you know what I'm 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 jumping into the river and I either say you trust God to navigate this and give you wisdom or you don't 
and I choose to trust the Lord that he will he will show us how and I'm quite sure there's a ton of people who are waiting to you know and already to come alongside and and jump in and do that too so I, I don't know I think for me that would be it so let me tell you that I actually think that you guys are better suited to that than I am. And uh, just because of your gift set and the history and the background that you've had with church planting and the kinds of kind of, you know, heavy relationship building stuff, uh, I've always been kind of, uh, well, I think a lot of it had to, I, if I can blame mental health, I will, but <laughs> a lot of it, you know, I have my own insecurities and stuff and they, they bleed out in lots of different ways and they have over the years, but um I, that's one thing I'm excited about, though, for, for the people of Northview. Having known you guys and knowing the kinds of things you're going to bring to the church is a really heavy dose of community and genuine love and interest in 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 people. I, I had the interest, but I just couldn't get over myself quickly enough. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that for folks. Hey, no, I appreciate that, Jeff. But I would turn it back at you and so maybe ask the question, you know, what— if you were the new guy, uh, or you're you're advising the new guy, and we did know the church, so what's the good and the bad? But also just saying, yeah, every every leadership transition, there's going to be differences between the leaders. I come into this uh, recognizing you and I are different people for sure, but looking at the massive shoes that I have to fill, mm -hmm. and just you know knowing from the from the get go, I'm not going to fill Doctor Jeff Bucknam's shoes. Like I'm not a medical doctor. Like what do I know about? vaccines and all that like you have such expertise <laughs> totally. in all those areas of your your doctorate degree uh no but i think like honestly the the theological depth and training um i've said to many people you're like this walking encyclopedia of ancient church history and you know you name some heretic from the second century and you know what it's all about and i'm like yeah i'll go look that up and find out i'll get back to you in a couple of days so i think uh, the depth that you have taken Northview to in both theology classes, what are small group, you know, with 40, 60 people, 6 a.m. in the atrium, to the pulpit ministry, to the immerse program. Like, I mean, you have grown this church deep. And that part, I'm like, eh, that's not my bailiwick, but I can work the foyer. So I'll shake babies and kiss hands. And that yeah, kind but of the stuff. thing that we have, the thing that we have in common, Mark, is that both of us are well acquainted with our with our failings and our limitations and neither of us are so excited about our name being in lights that we can't share our ministry with others in fact i think both of us is what drives us forward is the idea that other people will get an opportunity to minister and actually see the lord yeah. use them in pretty profound ways and so I don't know. That's, that's part of the reason why I'm excited for the church as well, is that, I, I mean, the leadership development edge and that kind of thing is just going to go from strength to strength, I think, in the in the years ahead. And, I, you know, people, I think people at Northview need to also understand that, uh, and I think they do, that um, we have, like, we have a lot of really capable communicators at the church. Yeah, yeah, I do. mean, like a lot of, a lot of people that they're only going to hear from more and more. And you're going to see, especially these young guys, they're going to see them grow and grow and grow and that I just think that there's there's a lot, you know, the ministry that I had was uh, a particular brand and and but they're going to get a, a different kind. But some there will be somebody who's like me who comes in with a little bit more of the intellectual edge or whatever, and then other people, uh, other preachers will will scratch a different itch. So I'm, it's going to be great. That broad preaching, the stable of preaching, is going to be a really healthy thing for people's discipleship. I think. Yeah. 
It's awesome. Um, hey, so you're supposed to be leading the interview, but let me jump in. Okay, go um, ahead. After 15 long years, uh, what are you going to miss the most about Northview? Oh my gosh, the 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 people, obviously the just the many different people who I've come to love. We're all so quirky. I'm going to miss some quirky people. Uh, I and honestly, I, I am going to miss the staff of the church a lot. I you know you you come to love these these people and uh it just the the relationships the fact that we've done ministry out of relationship there's a guy who i i once heard years ago say you should never do ministry with your friends and i think he was a that's a stupid comment hmm. um well. his comment was well because you might have to fire your friends and I, I i like i understand what he's trying to say but I just can't imagine doing ministry with people who aren't my friends and right. developing a really It'd be strong... like working with Freddie every other day. I know, totally. <laughs> but I've, I, you know, I, I, I am going to miss those relationships a lot. I'm going to miss uh, the, 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 you know, planning for sermons with the people that we plan from the whole room full of people. I'm going to miss actually a lot of the interns as crazy as that sounds. Hmm. I find them to be delightfully challenging. Uh, sometimes not so delightful, but like they force you to, the, they do, they force you to be on your game. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Harvest uh, be filled with interns and be filled with young people who are learning, learning the craft of pastoral ministry. Just so that, because I, I just, that's where I get my, most of my energy from is seeing them yeah, for flourish sure. like that kind of thing. So I will, yeah, yeah it's going to be the people that I miss the most. So the second half of course is uh, what won't you miss? Um, <laughs> right now, uh, the honest answer is I, I'm having a little bit of difficulty with some of the, the, the Canadian government, uh, approach to something. So I'm not saying that that is a cause or anything for me leaving, but you're asking me on a day that I'm like, oh, I just, some, some of it seems very heavy handed and, uh, not really, um, very concerned about civil liberties. And I, that's, that's hard for me. Uh, to take because I think civil, civil liberties are good for everybody. Uh, but so I won't, I don't think I'll miss that very much. And I won't miss ICBC. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I, I, it, yeah, I am looking, yeah, looking forward to saying I cancel my car insurance yeah. <laughs> with you. But, you know, it's funny. This, I will, I honestly was the Vancouver area and I'm going to miss this, the city and Abbotsford and knowing the, the area and miss. Yeah, being known and that kind of thing, uh, jumping into a very, very much larger setting in Chicago. Uh, although yeah. there's a benefit to that because you can go places, I think, in a larger city and not be known by everyone. Whereas yeah. here, man, like, aren't man, there like 11 million people dude, in the greater Chicago area? Something, or something like that. Like, that. like I, the everybody knows what I buy at Costco here. Right. So like, I don't, I don't think I've ever been to Costco in, right. in uh, my time that somebody Jeff from Northview so hasn't paper. been there. They're like, why is there so much diet Pepsi in his cart? Does he, right. does he need that much diet Pepsi? Yeah, that's right. Well, Hey, you know, you can come back, right? Okay. And uh, so you're, you're going to be preaching here in October and in February, uh, we've already committed to that, right? Yes. You agreed to that? Oh yeah! Listen, anytime you ever want me to come back to uh, Vancouver to this area, I I will happily uh, reindulge my Canadian citizenship in Canada. In fact, I probably think I'm going to have to have a little bit of uh, injection of Cana Canadiana every once in a while just to 
Remember that uh, the whole world isn't as crazy as the States is. Yeah, so. can you get poutine in Chicago? <laughs> I don't. I think you can get anything in Chicago, but uh, it's funny because I'm from, because, uh, you know, I'm Canadian now. I When I go to Chicago and I see a Canadian, there's like this massive commonality <laughs> now, like, yeah. And so there's a guy on staff there who's uh, from Toronto and... Uh, well, I mean, I look past that, but he, he's great. We're just, <laughs> but we talk about Canadian stuff, and it's, it's really lovely. And I've already enjoyed uh, chatting with him, and there's a few others who've been, man, I've been to Vancouver, my cousin lives there, or whatever, and I will very much have to come back and be a part of all of that. And uh, who knows, maybe one day I will return triumphant and become the premier of ministry. British Columbia. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. ICBC. I can tell you right now, ICBC be done. If I was a premier, they'd be done. Right. Um, okay. So I have other questions for you. Um, what are you most looking forward to? Me or my wife? Yeah, sure. Both. Oh my goodness, Jeff. You know what? Honestly, uh, dovetail and piggyback onto your uh, your government restrictions and the pandemic. Uh, what I am most looking forward to is a packed house full worship, uh, no masks, people singing at the top of their lungs and full band, you know, the smoke and light show, like is, you know, classic Northview, like just pump the thing full of smoke. You, you might as well listen light. at this point, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Nobody's going to ask any questions. They're going to be like, I don't care as long as we're together and we're singing. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you know, I've got this hope and dream that the, the light switch is going to just flick back on and we're automatically back to full. And I, you know, I think we all know that that's not going to happen that way more than likely, even, even if they lifted all restrictions immediately, yeah. uh, there are going to be people for any number of reasons who choose to, you know, reintegrate slowly. And so I wonder about that, but man, am I really longing for that day when you've got, you know, whatever we got, if we got 1100 seats in there that every single seat mm -hmm. is full and we're like, all right, lift up the name of Jesus, open yeah. your Bibles, and yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Carolyn, looking forward to? Yeah, the same. Yeah. I, I think um, church. I'm looking forward to, I, I really truly believe that this is a Joseph moment and in our church history that what maybe the enemy intended as evil, God intended for good. And so I'm really excited to see God peel back um, the curtain on this. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So so let me jump into that. So this is my kind of my last big question for you. Um, how, how do you guys think that uh, the post- COVID church will be different than the pre-COVID church? And in order to answer that, I'm assuming you're going to have to tell us, like, what have we learned both about the church and its state in society and what is good about the church and what is not so good about the church? Like, what have we learned through this? What has the Lord revealed through this particular providence? Yeah, I'd love to wrestle that with you back and forth, Jeff, see what you think. Um, I, I think we've learned a lot. I think we're learning about our people, um, how they respond, because, you know, as you well know, and our elders know, we have, as we've navigated our way through this thing, we have ticked people off on the two ends of the spectrum. So oh, yeah. we've had people really angry with us that we have opened at all 
and that we've been irresponsible in bringing people back too quickly and why are you doing that and don't you I care had, about I had several emails from pastor from other pastors and several several congregants who were very angry at the early part of the uh, yes. pandemic when, that we were not requiring masks to be yeah. worn right and so in other words we weren't going beyond the 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 rules set by the uh, provincial health authority but they said it was irresponsible and you know blood on our I mean I blood on our hands yep uh, and they were saying to me oh we're not going to give money to Northview anymore because yep. of that <laughs> yep so yep and then the opposite extreme which you yes. know as well so we also had the voices are like pick you know pick some other example John MacArthur or the guy up mm. in Edmonton and why aren't you doing what those guys do and you know, stick it to the man and stand up against the government and, you know, we should just be meeting. And so uh, it's it's interesting when you, and you and I, you know, we did this where we would compare two emails side by side at the complete polar opposites in their approach. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that the majority in the middle, um, you know, might, might share some of those concerns, but basically we're just praying for the leaders and wanted us to do what was right. And I think coming out of this, what I hope and pray is that we haven't done damage to one another in, yeah. you know, the throwing stones at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And it's easy to type an email or throw a post up on social media. It's another thing to sit next to that person in a worship service mm -hmm. and then go, oh, yeah, you were the, the comment after my comment on the Northview feed that was opposite of mine. What's yeah. that going to be like? Yeah. So, well, I, you know, it's funny or not funny. It was, uh, this is part of the reason why if there has been one refrain you've heard from me and from other, I think, leaders at Northview, it has been Christian uh, charity, Christian charity, yes. Christian charity. Yeah. And what's the, you know, even though we've received letters and comments from both sides of the, I mean, b both sides of the debate, uh, say, yeah. over how the pandemic should have been handled or how masks should have been handled or how vaccines should have been handled, we've received you know, from both sides on all of that. Uh, what's interesting is, is that there's a huge similarity between the people who are writing from both sides of it. And that is that both of them are, are heavily convinced that their perspective is right. Yes. And that, you know, lives are at stake or uh, heavily, you know, the people who are like, you should never be involved with uh, a vaccine clinic are saying that vaccine's not tested. It's not, you know, it's emergency thing and we don't know enough about it. And, you know, you have blood on your hands. And like I said a minute ago, it's the same, it's the same argument that the other side is having. You didn't do mass enough or you're open at all. You have blood on your hands. And so all along, we've been trying to say, look, um, I, I get it. You're very, very passionate. People have their rationale and reason for believing what they have, they, they believe. But we've tried to argue repeatedly that these, it is honestly, by definition, a disputable matter. No, nobody knows exactly what the vaccine does. Nobody knows exactly mm -hmm. how COVID should have been dealt with or not dealt with or how dangerous it was or how not, like nobody actually knows exactly. It's going to be like 10 years from now, somebody's going to write like the definitive paper on it, maybe. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll take 10 years and then we'll, then we'll know. But our goal all along has basically been to tell people, come on, like our, our commonality in the gospel, our brothers and sisterhoodness, whatever, that's not a word, but you know, our, the fact that we're family is a big deal and we are going to sit together and uh, in church and we're going to have to love each other because that's what defines us. Yep. There, yeah. There's a, there's a thing that happened in the early church that's interesting. You know, when the, the, the um, you'd have these different uh, 
uh, emperors who'd come in and one emperor is, is really favorable to Christians and then others would be really not favorable. And so it was, very, it, it, it was common that what would happen is one really favorable uh, emperor would die and then his son would come in and he wanted to return the land to, to pay its paganism. And because he wanted to return the land to the paganism, he would really uh, he would really persecute the churches. And there were people in the churches who were like, "I can't deal with that." And so then they would you know pinch their incense to Caesar or whatever, and they they deny Christ in the eyes of all the others. Mm-hmm. And some of those people who weren't denying Christ, you know, their brother or sister remained in, their actual physical brother and sister remained faithful and and got killed for it. But yeah. then the next, you know, ten years later, the next. Um, uh, the next emperor was favorable to Christianity again. And then all of a sudden, all those people started coming back. The people who denied Christ are coming back to church now because it's safer, right? Mm-hmm. So now yeah. you got this weird moment where they're sitting next to each other in church. The, yeah. the guy who lost his physical brother, his biological brother, because his brother was unwilling to recant, sitting next to a guy who, who recanted and is still alive. Yeah, yeah. And so what do you do now? And the early church had to deal with that a lot. And their big push was uh, love. Yeah, for sure. And so and I, I think uh, yeah. if, if we move beyond, you know, the, the immediate response to the pandemic and, you know, what we've been talking about now, I think another really interesting thing is going to be to see what the Spirit of God has been doing in people's lives in the midst of this. So, I mean, we've met just last weekend, I met a family, they're brand new to Northview. Now they happen to have moved to Abbotsford during the pandemic and they're looking for a church. They found us online, heard we're having outdoor services and they're like, hey, it's our first weekend here. And I know a number of our pastors have bumped into people who are brand new to Northview during the pandemic. Uh, And then I think another, you know, really interesting uh, cultural phenomenon, if you will, just the sign of the times that we're in is the, the rising Tent, tr- the, the rising tide on the nuns, uh, you know, those who mm. used to be Christians, but now they claim no religious affiliation. And I, you know, we, we just preached through Malachi. Uh, that chunk in Malachi where, where the Lord says to Malachi, I wish somebody would just shut the temple doors, just close mm. it down. I remember preaching that text years ago and going, hey, you know, that might be the best thing for the church ever if the, if the government <laughs> would just come chain the doors for like, you know, just uh-huh. give us six weeks where they lock us out. How and many we're, like, now we're like 15 <laughs> months into this thing. And, and I think we're going to see both, Jeff. I think we're going to see people pounding down the doors of the church to get back. They so desperately want to be with God's people. Yeah. And then I think, honestly, uh, some of those people who have been Christian in name only, it was just a routine, a ritual, for whatever reason, they'd, they'd come to church maybe once a month or something. They've now had 15 months of not being able to gather. And I would be surprised if we've not in the midst of that weeded out some of those who are not truly followers of Christ and they yeah. won't come back. But I'm really curious to see who shows up as a result of this. Yeah. That in the midst of the pandemic, the spirit of God was stirring in their heart. They were feeling empty. They were feeling isolated. Yeah. Uh, their spiritual needs were being stirred. And I mean, there's been a ton of, you know, this ton of people listening to Northview, more people listening to Northview now online and Northview TV than we ever had attend in-person services. Oh, yeah. like, yeah. So if a, even a good portion of them showed up any weekend, we're not going to have room for them. Oh, no. Yeah, you're into the 9 and 10,000 range in terms yeah. of how many people are probably listening on a weekend. But uh, yeah, it. what you just said is a, is a very... I think that the church from time to time has these winnowing moments. This is probably one of them, right? Where uh, the Lord... I guess it's the right thing to say is we weeds out those whose hearts are not genuinely there. And, um, 
that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's a bad thing from our perspective. But from the when it comes to the power and the future of the church, a, a church that is filled with committed people whose lives are are marked by their love for each other and the gospel are going to have a huge impact on a community far more than than the church that is filled with people who you don't really know if they're Christian or not and they look yeah. just like the society yeah, around them sure. and all that kind of thing. So yeah. the Lord it has accomplished his will in all of it. It's just we're just like all the other times in history we're kind of holding our hands up and going I don't I don't know how you're going to pull this one together, Lord. Hmm. But he will and yep. uh, probably we'll see some of the evidence of it in in the days to come. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, Mark, do you have any questions for me? You've been asking them throughout, so I don't need you to ask any more. But, you know, it is my podcast. It is. It is your podcast. (laughs) Jeff, uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know if you've talked about this on previous podcasts. Maybe other guys have asked you the question. What was it about Harvest Bible Chapel that intrigued you? enough. I know, I know over the years, uh, every pastor gets phone calls, you know, whatever, every six, eight months, some church will be, Hey, we're looking for a pastor. And typically you've told me this, your answer is, yeah, not interested loving it. Northview Harvest Bible Chapel, a headhunter got your name and number. Something intrigued you. What was that? Um, the mess of it. <laughs> I, I've told that to people a lot and uh, I don't know if everybody believes me or not, but uh, it's part of w- the way I'm wired. I actually found Northview to be a real draw to me when I was f- first coming there. We didn't have a lead pastor, and I remember talking to some of the people on the search committee who were looking for a young. When they were looking for a young adults pastor, they kept kind of apologizing, say, "Oh, we don't have a lead pastor. The church has gone through this difficult state, and I'm not sure. You know, you just don't come in with your eyes wide open." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. All of that's great. I'm, I, I, I feel like I work best uh, with things that that I can help." Uh, and so, honestly, uh, Harvest is just that a little bit on steroids. Uh, there have been moments in the last little bit that I have uh, looked at the mountain <laughs> that it is and thought, oh, dear, <laughs> what? Mm. which is not uncommon for me, though. I make decisions all the time. And then about 15 minutes into it, I say to my wife, oh, dear, what have I done? Uh, but you know what? I, I, th- I think the Lord, I think the Lord obviously is going to... Uh, Use me for whatever it is that he wants to see happen there, and so I'm I'm game, and I'm 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 into it. And uh, I was just thinking today, in fact, that you know ministry is not that complicated when you really get down to it. As a pastor, your job is to shepherd the flock through sound preaching and teaching, and loving them enough to tell them the truth, yeah. and just consistently uh, getting to know people in relationships and and trying to uh, get to know them where they are, where they're at, help to disciple them into the next stage of their Christian journey. And I mean, I, sometimes we get it, we, we think of it way bigger. Oh, well, what, what about this big public thing that or these big the newspaper calls or whatever? I, you know what? It does. None of that's really that important. What's important is just discipling people in front of you and being faithful in the pulpit and preaching from house to house consistently, the whole council, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, hey, on a truly, like, just the personal note, I understand you, uh, you've you bought a home and it's in the neighborhood with uh, Barack and Michelle. You know. So, going yeah, so to be we, neighbors one, there. That's one of great. those comments is true and the other is not. Uh, <laughs> uh, Barack and Michelle are coming over our first week there, but we did not buy a house in their neighborhood. A little um, too far from the church. It's a little bit too far. Well, there are several campuses of the church, so we could have lived a lot of places. So we chose to live in a place right in the middle of a lot of them yeah so uh which would be great the community is really lovely and i mean mm-hmm. it's it's a 
beautiful Midwestern home on a, I don't know if it's from the, the house was built in the 60s, but it's kind of funky. It's got different levels and weirdness. Oh, we're excited about it. Like the it. Brady Bunch. It's one of those. Kind of. You know what? Kind of. No, not like that. But okay. but, ki- but kind of. You know, you drop down into this living area and then, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. My, my first thing my kids said is, Dad, we have to get a hot tub. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, okay. But the problem is that I'm not going to take care of the hot tub. And that's usually not a good sign, right? Because it'll be filled with algae. Ever seen those hot tubs that are just left on the side of the street? And you yes. look in there and go, yeah. how did this thing get this way? My yeah. fear is that I'm the that answer to that buckham, question. The buckham. <laughs> like, yeah. how did this get this way? Uh, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Bur- Buckham, that's the reason. So I do have a serious question, though, for you. Have you ever visited Chicago in February? Uh, no, I have not. But I have been to Chicago in uh, December. Okay. Which was not that actually was was cold, but not like bitterly, not like horribly January, February cold. No. And I I am mentally prepared for it. I no, you're not. can guarantee you that I am not physically prepared yeah, you're not. Yeah. for it. You and uh, I have a mutual friend that I won't name on this podcast, but uh, he's from Manitoba. And he mm-hmm. formerly served on the elders team here. So you can probably imagine this good brother that you and yeah. I traveled with. And he was laughing, saying Jeff has no idea what he's yeah. getting into. No, I don't. In the winters of Chicago. No. No, I don't. People there have told me. To, you know, we should, we should schedule a podcast now. For oh, yeah. February. Like eight months from now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. In the, like 40 below zero, windy day. Yeah. And let's I'm... do, hey, Jeff, are you glad you decided to go to Chicago now? And I'll tune in from Arizona, <laughs> where I will be taking my holidays. Yeah. There's one of the pastors at the church there is from Texas, and he said, I hate, I hate snow. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? And he said, uh, look, I live here because I, Lord led me here through business and stuff like that. And I, listen, if I'm... If I'm capable of staying in this area with the two and a half months of awful weather, then then anybody can do it. So, right. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm banking on that. Yeah, it'll give you a reason to, to go south in the winter. That well, that's why you need to invite. I think you already did. You're inviting me in February to come back. Yes. To... Yeah, back to the, the balmy yes. temperature, temperatures of Abbotsford. Yeah. Mark, Carolyn, it has been a delight to talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm excited, actually, about the future of Northview, and I th- I'm, I've been thanking God a lot lately that in his kind providence, he has brought you to us, and he has uh, given you a heart to see what, uh, what, what is ahead for this church. And so you have my uh, great thanks for being willing to say yes to it. Because, you yeah. know, the biggest thing that a pastor goes through, the challenges that, you know, you love the church that you've pastored and you get worried about the next person thing. Yeah. Like, is all the stuff that you've done going to be undone? Mm. But I am thrilled that I don't, I, I really think that, uh, yeah, the strengths of Northview are going to be even greater in the days ahead than they have been in the past. Yeah, so, good on you. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure you didn't listen to my message last weekend, but... I said to the church, you know, pastor's in a dilemma. Do you stay so long that you get ineffective and people are glad to see you go? Or do you leave when things are going well and then people are ticked off while you're leaving? And somewhere in the middle of that, you listen to God's call in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to affirm that, man, it's a privilege not only to follow you, but to bless you as you guys go. And also to know that 
the door is wide open at any point in time. Like you guys can come back to Northview at any point in time and you know that there's going to be a welcome here, that the yeah. church is like, yeah, those Bucknam years, we love those years. And that's a blessing for you guys because... Yeah. To be able to leave after 15 years of effective ministry and know that you, there's no skeletons in the closet and people are going to be like, yeah, I hope that guy never comes back again. You're like, yeah. no, you're going to be welcome here at any point in time. Yeah, that's the kind of thing awesome. needs to, it needs to probably happen more in the Fraser Valley, in my opinion. It does. Uh, yeah. In the lower mainland, there's way too yeah. many examples of pastors leaving and the churches not wanting them to come back or the pastor being so angry that... Anyway, it's probably not just the Lower Mainland, it's everywhere. Uh, it's good for pastors and churches to love each other even yeah. beyond the time they spend together. Anyway, thanks so much for being here. God bless you guys. God bless the rest of you. We'll talk to you next time. We have one final episode of Conversations with Jeff coming up in two weeks' time. It'll be a bit of a different format than the podcasts you've grown accustomed to here uh, with a little bit more of a roundtable discussion with some fun and familiar voices. So stay tuned. That'll be coming out in a couple weeks' time. Uh, and we think it'll be really good for you to, to catch that one when we release it. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Jeff. Make sure you subscribe to catch up on all upcoming episodes. So until next time, love God, do what you want, and don't be stupid.